Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to the Presence Podcast. You're here for episode number 55. Now, it is Wednesday night, and tonight I am going to try to record two episodes back-to-back. That would be Monday's episode, or excuse me, Tuesday's episode, yesterday, and today's episode, Wednesday. I was going to do that last night, but after recording the surprisingly emotional one for me about my friend Father Paul who passed away, I just needed to go to bed. And I did, and that was good. But tonight, I'm feeling a little bit more uh, energy and a little bit more uh, ready to do a couple here. So I'm glad that you are here with me, whatever time, whatever place it is for you. As I kept my eyes, my ears, and my soul open on Tuesday, yesterday, to experience the presence of God. So I got to tell you, I think the internet is pretty amazing from a teacher's perspective. Now, I think it's pretty amazing from my own perspective when I'm not in my profession as a teacher, specifically a religion teacher at a Catholic school. And here's why. So I think I mentioned on Monday, I talked with my students about the Academy Awards and showed them the scene of um, Spike Lee, the director, and his wonderful acceptance speech and the fantastic hug where he jumped up into the arms of his buddy, longtime buddy, Samuel L. Jackson, and um, kind of talked a little bit about the disappointment I think many people felt, myself included, that the movie Green Book won. Now, I'm not going to go into the reasons why I was disappointed and the controversy behind it. You may very well be acquainted with that. Or you could certainly look that up on the internet. But I did say to my students, and this is on Monday, that the good thing, if there is a good thing, and I always think most of the time and almost everything, there is a good thing to be found. The good thing about the Green Book getting as much notoriety as it has as a film is that I hope it raised awareness of what the Green Book, specifically the Negro Travelers Green Book is what it was called, and the importance of it back in the 1930s, 40s, and really all the way up to uh, pre-civil rights era for travelers, African-American travelers in the South. And I asked my students, I said, how many of you have ever heard of what the Green Book was? And the vast majority of them had not. In fact, very few of them, maybe two or three out of, you know, 25, 30 freshmen had heard of it. And I said, don't be surprised. I said, I hadn't heard of it either, which is true, until relatively recently when I was reading a novel, sci-fi novel, And it was part of the plot. It was a historical sci-fi novel. It was part of the plot, but it wasn't, you know, central. And that's how I found out about it. And I did a little bit of research and I found out, wow, this was a real thing and an important thing. So I just shared a little bit with my students on Monday about how, what the Green Book was. I felt though, we needed some more. 
So I went and did a little bit of Google searching and this is why as a teacher, if there's something you want to teach, there's almost certainly a video for it on YouTube. And usually these days there are increasingly high quality videos, videos that are um, engaging, short, five minutes or less, I think is a good length for a video and videos that will meet many educational purposes. So I went online and I found through Vox.com, Vox Media, which is a fantastic website, news source, makes some of the best videos, I think, out there. I found a video that they produced about the Green Book, the Negro Traveler's Green Book. And I showed that to my students. And if you'll stay with me through the break, I'll tell you a little bit about the history of the Green Book and what it was and why it was important and maybe you might learn something as well. Well, thank you for staying with me through the break. So the Negro Traveler's Green Book, briefly, just a kind of a thumbnail sketch, was created to fill an important need. And the need was this, that back in the 1940s into the 50s, really post-World War II, Americans were traveling. Kind of the open road, the interstates were being built, and there was this sort of idea of hit the open road, the freedom, the road trip, etc. Very American, right? Well, African Americans, specifically those from the North, when they would travel in the South in the segregated times and really throughout the country, but especially the South, they would face very horrible examples of discrimination and prejudice and bigotry and racist actions against them. And sometimes these could be minor and just embarrassing and awkward other times, in some cases, they were downright hateful and violent. And back in, I don't know exactly what year, but in this era, early part of this era, a mailman from New York City, African-American, was inspired by stories he had heard from others about these travels in the South and the dangers. And he was inspired to create what was called the Green Book. And it was called the Green Book because, not because the cover was green, but the cover was green because it was called the Green Book because his last name was Green. So it was Green's book initially. And basically he tapped into his network at the post office, the postal service, which was one of the largest employers at the time of African-Americans. And began to get these recommendations and the video shows actual pages from the green book and sometimes the recommendations were paragraph length descriptions other times it was just a list of hotels or boarding houses or rooming houses where African Americans would be welcome and this was a huge relief for them that they had this guidebook because again according to the video Frequently, African-Americans, when they would travel in the South, they would have to bring their own food, their own water, 
their own blankets, tents maybe, even literally cans to, to pee in because they did not have guarantees that they would find places where they would be fed or they would even have a place to go to the bathroom. Sometimes they even brought extra gasoline because they couldn't be guaranteed of that. And it's absolutely mind-boggling to think that half a century ago, a little more than half a century ago, um, this was happening. And eventually, with the Civil Rights Movement, this was no longer necessary. And soon after the um, Civil Rights Act, I believe in 1962 or 1963, this book went out of print, no longer published, because it didn't need to be. Progress had been made. One little fun fact that I, re I learned from this video is that um, Martin Luther King actually makes a reference in his I Have a Dream speech about uh, people, African Americans, not being able to be safe in the cities and the towns and having to be weary, rest, restless travelers because of the discrimination and prejudice and racism they encountered. So um, I thought that was kind of neat. I, I never knew that. So I felt God's presence in this multiple ways. One is in learning. Again, whenever I learn something important and new and valuable, and especially as a teacher, when I can share that with someone else, my students or friends or you, dear listener, I think that is God working because God is about growth and healing and becoming more full with knowledge and with love and with generosity and compassion and kindness and so on and so forth. And whenever we are experiencing growth in any of those areas, it is of God. And it is a reminder that God is present in that process and in the outcome of that process. And furthermore, I also experience God's presence in the grace that this book had, the Green Book, and, and the lives that it obviously helped and how something that today we kind of take for granted, you know, Yelp recommendations and, you know, all these different sites we can go to to see what does, what do people say about this? You know, that is pretty easy to do today with email and texting and websites, etc. But back in the day, 1950s, that that was pretty hard to do, but yet people did it and it made a difference. And I think God is present in that. So to conclude, what have you learned fairly recently from history, world, American, church, whatever kind of history that you didn't know that was uplifting? And then when you learned it, you were like, whoa, that's kind of neat. I'm glad that happened. I'm glad that existed. And I did not know that. And therefore, I'm going to share that. When have you experienced that recently? And how was God present to you in that experience? As always, thank you so much for listening. Blessings and peace. <laughs>